Today, I have a great interview for you. I recently had the pleasure of interviewing Ben Gill from BioRegional, and he explained to us all the amazing work that this nonprofit has done to champion sustainability and one planet living over the last 25 years. What is one planet living? Well, imagine a world where everyone everywhere lives happy, healthy lives within the limits of the planet, leaving space for wildlife and wilderness. At BioRegional, they call this one planet living, and they believe it's achievable. But globally, we are living as if we have more than one planet. In fact, ecological footprinting shows us if everyone in the world consumed as much as the average person in Western Europe, we'd need three planets to support us. So if sustainable living is an important value to you and your family, then you're going to love today's episode. Let's grow. Is your home environment helping you or hurting you? We've been taught that our health is determined by the food that we eat or how much we exercise. But what if there's more to it than that? I'm here to tell you that your home environment matters. We spend most of our time at home and we're raising our families here. So isn't it important to know if we're creating an environment that is supportive to our health and well-being? Here on Blooming a Healthy Home by Design, we're gonna uncover the many ways your home can support you building a healthier lifestyle for your family. We'll uncover simple ideas that will get you to think about your home differently. You'll discover how to get rid of toxins that could be lurking in your walls and cupboards, to new ideas in color psychology, furniture placement, anything and everything that can help influence positive mood and behavior so you and your family can lead healthier, fuller lives at home. I'm Sheila Alston, founder of Healthy Home Media and editor of the Wellness Real Estate Magazine and Healthy Home Magazine. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together. I'm searching far and wide to bring guests who will guide you with simple and actionable steps that you can take to help you and your family bloom and grow. So thanks so much for being here. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time. Before we talk today, I wanted to mention something I'm super excited about. It's a digital magazine that I've just created and it's called Wellness RE Magazine. It's all about wellness real estate and bringing health and home together. Did you know wellness real estate in 2018 was actually already a $134 billion industry and it's been growing 6% every single year, according to the Global Wellness Institute. I feature a wellness lifestyle community every single month and have articles from home wellness experts across the country sharing their insights on how you can create a healthier, more comfortable and joyful living environment. So if you're interested in checking it out, I have a free download to the very first issue. Just go to wellnessremag.com to get it. There's also a link for a feedback form. So if you want to fill it out and let me know what you think of it, I would really appreciate it. I'm creating it to spread awareness on creating a healthier home, but also as a tool for realtors. I'm a realtor and we're always searching for ways to add value to the people that we know and this magazine is a great way for us to do that pretty easily. So if you're a realtor and you want to learn more about how you can send this stunning digital magazine full of unique and engaging content to your entire audience that you're not going to find anywhere else, head on over to wellnessrepro.com. Thanks. Welcome back. Before we start the interview, I just thought I'd pose this question. What is at the root of our community's health, happiness, and sense of belonging? Well, at BioRegional, the answer is neighborhood. Based in South London, BioRegional was created to develop more sustainable ways of living. 
The home and surrounding community that we live in ultimately shapes the future of our well-being. And when a neighborhood can be developed with the well-being of the residents in mind, the result is astounding. You end up with a home that supports a healthy lifestyle and an interconnectedness with neighbors and the surrounding community that brings the residents more joy, more comfort, and improved health. It was 2003 when they developed their first project, BedZed, and that created a 10-part framework for One Planet Living that developers still use today. Thank you, Ben, for coming. I'm so excited that you're here, and I can't wait to learn more about One Planet Living. Great. Yeah, well, I mean, the framework One Planet Living is, I mean, it kind of used in three ways by a regional. First is it's a it's a vision that anyone can subscribe to so that we obviously have one planet and we want to live uh, on that. And the, the vision is that everyone should live a happy, healthy lifestyle within a fair share of the Earth's resources, but leaving sufficient space for land and wildlife. And then based on our experience in developing uh, new communities, we developed a framework of 10 principles that we work on our own projects with, but we also work with partners and developers on, on their projects. So it's a framework. And then we also have a kind of a process that we recommend people follow to get the best outcomes in using One Planet Living. And we do recognize leaders in One Planet Living as well. So we have a kind of leadership recognition process as well. How many um, so developments have followed the One Planet Living? I mean, how long have you guys been around? Tricky question to answer directly <laughs> in that many people use One Planet Living in many different ways. So I work for Bioregional, which is a UK-based charity that was set up 25 years ago, which is a social entrepreneurial organization that aims to create companies that will have an environmental benefit, but will be workers' economic businesses. And the, one of the projects that when I joined Bioregional was, was the first involved with was the, a development at BedZed in South London, which is a was the U, the the UK's first designed to be zero carbon development in in a major urban environment it's 100 units with about 200 meters squared of, of business spaces as well and this was where we we first started using the one planet living principles or and that's where we've get you know gained our direct experience from actually i mean we developing bedzed the the idea was that that whoever lived at bedzed would live at truly sustainable lifestyle. And then when we residents moved in and we started trying to measure, okay, what does tr truly sustainable mean? And are they living a sustainable lifestyle? We started using ecological footprint to measure the impact of their life of the residents of Bedzed. And that's where we found that actually the average person in the UK uses three planets worth of resources. And while at Bedzed, people were living a much more sustainable lifestyle, that had actually come down to two planets, which was great, but it's still twice what the, the planet can sustain. And so that's when we kind of coined the, the term One Planet Living and, and developed the framework saying, okay, well, the, you know, where has BEDS been successful and where, it, where do we need to do more in terms of helping people choose more sustainable options, more sustainable lifestyle? Uh, and that's when we developed. Or, how, when was BEDS developed? So uh, it was finished in the early 2000s. I mean, it, oh, it was wow, finished yeah. over 15 so years ago. Yeah. So you can do you can go back and see how the people enjoy living there and what their lifestyles like. By by regional offices, by regional offices are at Bedzed. Oh. The CEO or founder of by regional lives there. So yeah, we have a very good yeah. <laughs> understanding of how people are are living there. How far outside of London is it? 
So it's South London. It's kind of zone four, 20 minutes by train from Victoria. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a... Has it sparked a whole bunch of other, this kind of development in, in the UK, do you think, or just globally it has? It continues to generate a lot of interest and there's still many people who come to, to visit it. And the approach that we've taken uh, there in terms of trying to move away from focusing very much on on making sustainable buildings to creating communities that enable sustainable lifestyles is one that has that has slowly over time be, you know be, been taken up and it's what we've been promoting in in the other one planet living communities that we work with what is different about bedsed beyond walkable lifestyle and energy efficiency yeah so, well so the, so the the buildings are very efficient and supplied by renewable energy the Car parking ratio is much lower than in than is kind of standard within development at that time in London. So people do own fewer cars, uh, families own fewer cars. There was the first car club in London was at Bedzed. So the car share scheme whereby you can become a member and, and, and rent, rent a car by the hour. So that changed the way you know, people traveled. It's in a very well connected location. So the transport part is is part of the design and part of the, the offer that, that is there. A big part of our environmental impact is the food we eat. Mm. And when people moved in, there were, they were given a bonus with a local organic vegetable box delivery. Mm. And kind of over time, we tried to cultivate more links with local producers and local and, and yeah, healthy eating, promote growing on, on site. So it's actually contaminated land. So you can't grow in the soil but we've created raised beds and actually built a lot of the community around the raised beds and growing area there to get people more in touch with what they eat and yeah that's that's a way that you you can on a personal level make a real difference yeah do you have like ongoing education too for the residents so that they can learn more ways or events and things that bring them yeah i mean the the so there's a cafe on site and for example, that was run to you know, to be healthy. Uh, I think it was vegetarian only food as well. So kind of promoting that that side of side of things. A lot of the people who live there are attracted to Bedzed by the sustainability ethos. Yeah. So yeah, that there is kind of ongoing peer to peer education, but there's there's not a program of uh, of education. And I suppose that's something we learned from. Bedzed is to change people's behavior. You actually have to to remind people constantly. It's it's an ongoing process, and and a community of a hundred homes. You can't have a someone whose job it is to to okay. do that. So it needs to be either working on a, on a different scale or to be you know so say embedded with the municipality or something like that. So, so okay. that person is able to work across the entire city. Yeah, I think one of the developments that was going to happen here in California was called North River Farms, and they got it approved by the city, but then some of the residents who just don't want change, they put it up into the local election that just happened in November, and they shut it down. So that makes me really sad, because they were going to have 500 homes, and they were going to put in, like, 
shopping, I mean, just local retail, like artisan retail and shops and walking trails and dog trails. And they were going to have 50 acres of CSA farms and they were going to have an education center and they were going to have CSA, like community plots where you could actually have mm-hmm. your own garden. And they were just going to have so many resources there for people to get out and engage with each other and learn about the land and grow food. And I just thought they were going to have an amphitheater where they could have local, like a wine and balloon festival, and they were going to have a winery. And I just thought, that's so amazing that they could have brought this to the city. And unfortunately, the residents have voted it down. <laughs> hopefully there's a loophole or something that they can still work with the residents and try to figure out a way to still bring it to the people because I think it would be a great asset. I mean, there's a, that I, you know, that particular project, I can't see yeah, why you'd be yeah. objecting to it. I mean, the, you know, one of the, the challenges we face when trying to create more sustainable communities is, uh-huh. so I mean, following on from Bed Zed, the next project that Bioregion were involved in was called One Brighton in, which is a city on the South coast of the UK. And, the site when so bioregional uh, created a joint venture with a company called Quintain and bioregional Quintain were bought the land and it had planning permission for 70 homes uh-huh. with car parking and in the end we uh, the the company built 170 apartments and there was the uh, with zero car parking it was the largest car free development in the UK at that time and obviously there's objection to that because people feel are they going to be built? You know, the, the, there's high-rise development. We're, we're it was a small town, and the the push to have high-density living that so that you can people can walk and access the services that they need is often something that the local community they just see the negative of high-rise development. More people that there's no car parking spaces. They're all going to park on my street, and and kind of engaging with them and shifting that mindset is very hard. So how did that go over then in New Brighton? It's been a while then since you've had it developed and how are the residents feeling about it? Yeah, so I mean, with with one Brighton, the... the yeah, the six, we had a strong relationship with, with the council and worked with the, the council on actually using the One Planet Living Framework kind of as a, a neutral space saying, this is what we want to achieve. And the city could see that that's, you know, that was what they wanted to, to, to achieve. And working with them, we're then able to bring the community on board. The, the, the goals of the developer and the goals of the local authority were, were aligned. So does that mean everyone that lives there doesn't have a car? They just take the train or take the bus to get everywhere? So there are, there's two spaces for disabled, disabled residents and there's two spaces for car share. So you can hire a car um, by, you know, by, by the hour. And, yeah, and then that, well, there's a multi-story car park nearby. So if you want to have a car, you, you, know, you, you can rent space there. Yeah. Which is actually more equitable because then people who have a car are paying for the car parking space and, and rather than those, everyone paying for it, even if you, if you don't have one. But I think the majority of people living in Brighton, it's a very walkable city. The, the site is adjacent to the, the train station. I mean, it's a hundred meters from, from the train station and there's, there's good public transport up and down the, the coast. So I think the majority of people that, you know, live there without a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets you moving a lot more if you don't have to have a car. You you sit at your desk and then you well, walk the link your car, to um, sit in your car. 
with the link to health and well-being, the Mister on that project, when the first residents moved in, they were they were given bikes when they moved in because there's oh, no, no car yeah. parking. And this one couple did move in. They sold their cars, got, got bikes, moved in, and between the two of them, lost thirty kilos of weight in the first eighteen months that they were oh, they were yeah. living there. So, yeah, I mean, if you build a development that builds exercise into your daily life then it you know that is better for your health it's it's you know well, it, it, it's it's so. the a little bit of if there's a little bit more dense living and there's activities to do and places to walk to and things to do then you're you're going to be more social too you're going to get to know your neighbors and you're going to have a more rich full life too because you're not just being alone you have people around you that can be your new friends well that's i mean from, from a one that when we developed Bedzed right right back at the beginning, I mean, the objective was you know, we we're an environmental organisation. Our goal was to create somewhere where people live sustainably. But actually, we found that people are much happier living at Bedzed when they lived before. So it, it's community that's been very well studied and, and surveyed. But but I think eight eight out or nine out of ten people say that they're happier living at Bedzed than where they lived before. We did a survey of of how many residents you know by name. Uh-huh. And in the UK, the average is, is kind of seven or eight. And that was the same in the local community. Whereas at Bedzed, the average was more like 23. And there was one person who knew like 60 of the neighbors but by, by name. So it's, yeah, the, the design of the site has genuinely created somewhere where it's easy to meet your neighbors. Where when I was living there, when I was working there and based in the, in the office, when I left uh, every um, evening, there's just a little square in the middle and there would just be, you know, parents there standing, chatting while their kids yeah. ran around and, and played. It was just a, you know, a, a natural meeting area, yeah. which does build that sense of community. Yeah, it's like when you go pick up your kids at school and everybody, all the parents are standing around waiting for the kids to come out, then all the parents get to chatting. And I miss that once you have older kids and teenagers, then you're not standing around the school anymore getting to know the other parents. <laughs> so I can imagine that would be awesome in your community too, just to get to know the neighbors. Otherwise, you drive into your garage, you go in your house, you well, don't I mean, that's- out. <laughs> you know? uh, Yeah, I mean, that's one of the other things is, is just, you know, why why bed said what it, what it people travel by car less is actually the car parking is all separate from the houses so that you don't have like the the core of the of the development is car free the car parking is around around the the outside and yeah so to, you don't leave your house and get in your car you you leave your house you have to walk where you might bump into people you might realize you're it's a sunny day and you're not actually going very far well why don't i you know why don't i just walk or take the bike it's more pleasant so actually you know, putting that physical distance between the house and, and the car does is an opportunity for people to change their, their habits and make a different choice. Yeah, it can be much more beautiful too because garages aren't very <laughs> nice to look at. Yeah. You can have a beautiful design and that's great. So tell me more about the, can we talk about the framework of the One Planet Living? What yep. is, is it 10 elements? What are the 10 elements? Yeah, so there's 10, ten simple principles that, we any project needs to be considering so it includes some of the kind of technical elements like zero carbon zero waste sustainable transport and sustainable materials lifestyle elements like health and health and happiness cultural community local economy and, and then also you know aspects around biodiversity so land and nature sustainable water use and sustainable food and we from the experience of bed z kind of developed this 
these 10 principles found they would they seem to cover all of the of the issues that we felt needed to be addressed interestingly to begin with we, we used to start with zero carbon and zero waste at the kind of top yeah. went through 10 principles and at the bottom were culture and community and, and health and happiness and we do a lot of work with design teams and engineers and they're really interested in zero carbon and waste and sustainable materials yeah. but actually if you talk to to people and end users and and uh, people who are going to live in a house they're not interested in that what they're yeah. interested in is health and happiness and the community yeah, yeah. and the local economy yeah. so we took the principles it's kind of upside down and, and, and put health and yeah. happiness at the top and that's it really kind of changed the way and it actually changed the way when we're working with engineers and architects it's like you know, we're starting from the point of health and, and well-being we're not starting from zero carbon that is one of the tools in effect what yeah. we're trying to achieve is to create somewhere where people live happy and healthy lifestyles and to make sure that is the fashion well true it's like selling them what they need isn't always the best way to sell it's like sell them what they want and then give them what they need which is yeah. the zero carbon and everything that's awesome well i also had run across the community grow that was outside of seattle and i was wondering if you could speak to that community when did that happen and how is that going yeah so they approached they approached uh, um, us about using the, the, the framework and we worked with them to, de to develop an action plan. It's developed in several phases. The, I think they're now working on the, the final phase. The first phase that we were most, most closely involved with was 26 houses built around communal grow, growing area. And it was they using... One Planet Living, using sustainability and, and, and community, they created a really kind of positive vibe about the development. And actually, they didn't ha need any marketing budget. They kind of sold all of the houses on, on Facebook and uh, wow. on, through uh, social media before, just because it, it generated such an interest. Yeah. And and then the from there, they've gone on to develop the, the further elements. The buildings all have solar energy and, and they were able to enable all of the houses to be to have PV installed, photovoltaics installed, and then outline to the residents when they moved in, you can actually get a loan from the bank to have this installed and the repayments will be less than what you save in the yeah. energy bills. So yeah, it makes financial sense. And actually all but one of the houses then install the, the PV okay. on, on the building. So it just shows a kind of different approach to uh, embedding zero carbon in the building. Yeah, so the GROW community, the name of it is called GROW. So do they have a farming component as well? I mean, not a farming, but the, the, it's the communal space is all very much orchestrated to you know growing growing your own and they were able to get interest from you know people who liked uh, grow, yeah. growing their own uh, growing their own food and kind of use that as a driver for for the development growing a garden or something so all the residents have a little garden yeah well i think there's they all have the a little garden but there's a, a communal vegetable growing area oh, nice. for every everyone so and they're some of the early residents they had were you know, particularly enthusiastic in vegetable growers. Mm -hmm. That whole area has become the kind of the community center of the development with events you know, coming off the back of, of that. So when there are gluts of certain vegetables having kind of harvesting events around yeah. that and sharing the food and, and cooking, cooking events and meals, you know, all, all linked to growing the produce on site. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I wonder, since these developments have been around for a little while, do you know about the property values? Has anyone, have they turned over and have they increased in value more than you expected? Or how does it compare with the communities that aren't as sustainable in the area? Do you know? Yeah, so... Grow, I don't know about specifically. We do know about the UK examples. So in Bedzed, the value there is is significantly higher. There was a, a survey done. This was 10 years ago. I'd have to dig it out, but it's sort of six to eight percent higher the standard in, in the area. So, so One Brighton went on sale at the height of the global financial crisis in 2008 so that was hardly ideal but was for the house builder who who by regional partner with it was the most profitable project they had at that time the sales rate of the project so the sales rate for the the apartments was much higher than standard now the rental rates are so we, we had a survey done the rental rates are higher than per meter squared than comparable you know if you few percentage points higher mm-hmm. i think and what people have found though is more the, the kind of sense of community means people are, are less likely to to leave so there's a statistic that if you if you have two friends within a development then your chance of you renewing your rental increases from 30 percent to 70 percent so i think for anyone with buy to let they're finding that people don't don't leave or yeah. less likely to leave, which, yeah. which that does have a whole lot of, of benefits there, and certainly we saw at, at Bedzed a lot of uh, a number of examples of people who they were they bought a small house and then they had a family and then they actually waited until a larger house within the development became available and then you know bought that yeah, one. So that. It wasn't even that they stayed in the wanted to stay in the area. It's like they wanted to stay in this specific development wow wow so then i wonder how many are original like owners or residents that have just stayed in the community the whole entire time i can't answer that they yeah she riddles for our ceo who's lived there since it's been uh, since it was than your average neighborhood is my yes guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it seems like especially with the covid that has just happened I just think health and wellness is going to be, it, it's like we've propelled in, uh, ourselves into the future six or 10 years. And I think that wellness real estate is really going to be the new trend because everyone wants to create a healthier home and they're going to say, you know, where do I want to live now? I'm not, where, what's, it's not working for me where I live right now. <laughs> and developers seem to be, not that wellness, I mean, wellness is a trend now, but I, I hope that it doesn't become just like adding a spa to a community and then they're going to call it a wellness community because I think just going by your framework and going by principles at the core of the planning development and trying to make sure that you're not only building something that's sustainable for the planet, but you are bringing people out to meet each other. You're, you're creating ways they can get moving and be active and just have more of a community connection with than the way they've been built, I guess, over the past 50 years, you know? Yeah. And I think you're, you're, you're right. I mean, the, so, so, you know, what is a wellness community? What is a sustainable community? I mean, so for, for us, they're one and the same thing. Uh-huh. And it is about enabling people to to make healthy living easy from from the sustainability perspective we uh, said that the average person in the uk uses three planets worth of resources or if everyone lived like someone in the uk we'd need three planets in in uh, north america it's more like five 
So, <laughs> so yeah. And it's not like people wake up in the morning and think, okay, today I want to use five planets worth of resources. Yeah. It's that they wake up somewhere where they have to drive to work and they, or they have to drive their kids to school. They go, you know, the only food that's it's available is in an out of town supermarket and it's not, it's not healthy food. They can't, they can't get there on foot. And yeah. what we're trying to do is create a place where healthy and sustainable living is what you would do by default. So right. you would work right. somewhere, you would walk somewhere. And when you get there, they have the food they have is by default healthier. And, you know, we have this idea that that's kind of you know, forcing people to make, you know, forcing people to, to, and not giving them choice. But actually on the, the construction site at One Brighton, we had to provide a canteen for the workers there. And normally a construction site canteen in the UK, you get chips and fried eggs and fried beans and sausages. That's kind of, yeah, that, that's it. So there was a uh, one plant living action plan for the construction site. And we said, okay, we want to have a healthy canteen and put out a tender for that and found a company and said, okay, well, you know, we can do that. And so they did have sausages on, you know, not every day, but there was a menu and they were local organic sausages and, and the construction workers said, okay, they'll, they'll, we'll try this for a month and see what it's like. And then at the end of that, if we don't want it, we will, we'll get an ordinary canteen. At the end of that month, although the food was more expensive, it was still, you know, tried to be kept within a range of work for the construction workers, but it was more expensive than a standard canteen. They agreed they wanted to have this healthier canteen. They felt that they preferred having the healthy food, even though they had to pay more. One of the workers said that he hadn't eaten vegetables for 20 years and now was having <laughs> vegetables at work every day. In the summer, the Greek salad was kind of the most popular meal they, they had available. So hey, it's like, the, you know, there's an example of we're trying to make it easy for the construction workers to come to the site and eat healthily rather than the default being eating you know, un- unhealthy food. And actually, if you stop and ask people, is it turns out that's what, not saying everyone, but in this yeah. case, that, you know, yeah. that's, that's what they wanted and that's what they were prepared to pay for as well. Yeah. It's not, not just that, oh, if there's a choice between two equals here. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what with our sustainable communities, that's what we're, we're trying to do is, is give people those, make those choices a lot easier to make. Yes, I love that. I think that for so long it's been easy to make unhealthy choices that's what's cheaper that's what's more convenient right so then we've gotten into the bad habit of not having greens every day or or, or drinking too much soda pop or just and it adds up you know one soda pop's never going to hurt you but if you have that you know all day long every single day <laughs> eventually you know you're going to probably have some health issues because of that but yeah. if you make your default having greens and having fresh fruit and having you know organic sources and that's your default then who cares if you have cake someday or have, you know, something that's a splurge and then, then you're fine. But you're, cause you're putting your body and your, your immune system can handle it because by default you're choosing yeah. choices all the time. I love that. So how can people learn more about one planet living if they want to learn about the framework or I have a question. You had said that we use five planets worth of resources. How can we figure out, how can I go and find out how many planets worth of resources I use? <laughs> Is that something I um, So, yeah, well, there's a US-based organization called the Global Footprint Network, and they have a calculator available that you can put in your information, and that, that, yeah, that, yeah, will, that, that will help you get information on your, on, on your footprint. So that, that's a, a source. 
as I said, with One Planet Living, well, obviously on the uh, our website, bioregional.com, that has information. I mentioned right at the start, Bioregional is a social entrepreneurial organization. And we've used the One Planet Living framework for 20 years as, as, a, as a tool where we work with partners to, to implement it. And recently, we've set up a new company, a digital company, to develop a, a software service rather than a consultancy service for using the principles. So if you go to www.oneplanet.com, you can go there uh, and actually create your action plan for oh. your project on there using the, using the One Planet Living principles. So yeah, there's multiple yeah. Uh, opportunities to learn more. Well, and then do you have a list of all the communities that have used your framework somewhere? So on the bioregional website, that 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 is available. I can send you that link. Okay. Awesome. Um, and there's just one other project I just wanted to, to mention in that kind of the sense of, of community. It's a project called WGV, uh, White Gum Valley in Fremantle in Perth, Australia. Mm-hmm. And they, their approach to, so they had to provide affordable housing within the, the developments as an 80 home development. And actually they worked with a local artists cooperative who, so Fremantle's a very kind of alternative and lively place and a lot of you know, strong artistic community there. But as it's become gentrified, they're kind of being moved out. And so they worked with the artist cooperative saying, okay, well, we want to try and you know, provide a housing solution for you, this project, rather than just say, we'll have 10% of housing that's, that's affordable. And then going back to this community kind of consultation, the, the local community kind of thinking uh, artists cooperative in the middle of our uh, middle of our town. No, we don't like that. That's, that's going to be, dirty and, and messy and the, the artists were at the kind of community consultation explaining we are the people who go into the schools and teach art to your children we are the people that create events that happen in the community that you in, you know that you enjoy and you like to attend and actually through that got the support of the of the local community for this and so actually the the heart of the development there is um you know there's, there's 12 uh, artists who, who live there They've got studios there on site. They obviously run kind of events as, as, as part of that. And actually the affordability is, is a lot. The individuals don't own the, the units. They're owned by the cooperative. And what they pay is linked to their, to their income. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the affordability is kind of locked in in, in, in perpetuity. So just a really yeah, interesting example of how you can link equality and affordability with creating a, a strong kind of sense of, of culture yeah. in there within a development yeah we all need the arts i feel like that gets pushed away first in a lot of schools or in a lot of communities but i think that we all want to be creative and to have that creativity around us just sparks your imagination and it just i think that it's wonderful especially if you're in a community with little kids we all need some art around yeah. Us. <laughs> yeah whether it's music or or art Okay, well, thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for talking with me. And all the way from Germany, is that where you're at? France. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Check out oneplanet.com and bioregional.com for more information. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something that will help you and your family bloom and grow. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together, and I invite you to join me. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, you might also enjoy reading the digital magazines that I publish every single month. They are called the Wellness Real Estate Magazine, which is Wellness RE, and Healthy Home Magazine, and they feature wellness lifestyle communities that are being designed and built all over the country. Plus, I have healthy home professionals that share their insights on how you can create a healthier home environment. Building biology experts, biophilic designers, wellness architects, color psychology specialists, and even eco-designers all together in one place. I guarantee it's not like any other magazine you've read before. You can check it out at www.healthyhome-mag.com. You can purchase single issues, and I have tons of articles from over the past two years that you can share. Remember, sharing is caring. And please follow me on Instagram at healthyhomemag. Reach out and let me know how you like the show or what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. I'm open to learning more about what matters to you. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time.